0: Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast at USM Finch Farm with Sean London, our Head of Coaching, and the phase leader for our 9-12 to year-olds, Tom Keeney. First of all, Sean, a very, very proud game for everybody associated with the academy last week when Everton played Apollon Limassol with a plethora of academy debutants. Yeah,
1: it was. I mean, that's obviously for the academy, nights like that. Special nights for us and particularly
0: that. The lads did so well and, and we won the game. Not just a professional side, I would imagine there's an emotional and a personal side to it as well because you've known some of these boys since they were toddlers. Well, of course, yeah. You know, you, you've known them and the parents you know, since,
1: yeah. since them boys were very young and obviously all the dreams that they have and to see it come to fruition for
0: them is, is obviously great for them but also you know, it's special for us as staff as well. And you know what it's like, Tom, to make your professional debut. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for you at Everton but to play your first professional game must be always be something special.
2: It is. It's something that you... You aspire to be from a very young age and uh, whether it's at, obviously at Everton would be your dream uh, which was my dream but to make first team football is, is an achievement at any level so the boys will be really proud the families will be probably even prouder mm-hmm. yeah. Just to
0: mention one or two of the boys Tom I thought Fraser Hornby for the young boy playing a, a difficult role up front acquitted himself ever so well
2: He did brilliant, He um, he's done really well obviously with the 18s he's just made that step up recently to the 23s um, he's had a probably a run of six months where he's had a few injuries, um, but he's he's someone who's shown that he can score a goal. He's a natural goal scorer. Uh, he's got good good uh, stature, and yeah, I think he showed that in the game. It didn't phase him. Uh, he played the game with a lot of composure and yeah. um, for the first team debut, particularly at his stage of, of you know just coming not not long coming back from injury, um, he did really well.
0: And Harry Charlesley's dedication, his ability, but his versatility helped him get a debut, didn't it, at left-back, which I don't think is his best position, Sean.
1: Well, it's funny, Harry. you know, Harry's probably throughout his academy career, certainly, and even with the 23 years, has always been one that you always thought had a goal in him. Yeah. You know, play, plays through midfield, off the front, off the sides, you know, has that knack of arriving in the box and, and getting a goal. So to see him make his debut at left-back, you know, <laughs> yeah. was a bit of a surprise for everyone, but, you know, Harry's one of them type of players who... You He know, was an honest player, always been a hard worker every day, You know, and a player that you can trust and, and rely on. So it didn't surprise me that he went in at left-back and, and did
0: well. I don't think anybody at the Academy is under any other uh, illusions that it was the circumstances that gave these boys their debuts, the Alex Denny's, the Nathan Broadheads, the Anthony Gordons, which is absolutely fantastic for everybody involved. But from your perspective, Sean, do you have to keep a little eye on them when they come back and just make sure they don't get a little bit ahead of themselves? Because it's a massive thing they've done.
1: Yeah, it's like you say, we're, we're under no illusions that, you know, the circumstances were special that, the, you know, the boys played. But but they did acquit themselves as well. And um, what you hope is when they come back, that little taste that they've had inspires them to go on and um, try and make that next appearance, mm. um, whenever that might be. But certainly they come back in now on the back with the 18s for, for most of the boys, uh, some of them with the 23s. And, you know, they're, they're, high, they're, they're, they're as high as anything. Yeah. And we have to... Make sure that we get the feet only back on the ground and, and let them realise how hard it is and how much work they've got to do to to make that a
0: regular occurrence. Their appearance for the first team, Tom, will surely inspire the other kids as well. Because they'll be thinking, listen, we've got to do what we can to impress him, because there could be another dead rubber at some point, and we could play for Everton's first team.
2: I think it has a massive effect, as on not only the, the lads around him in the under eighteens, it, it goes right the way through, sixteens, fifteens, the walk past each other in the corridor every day mm. so they, they'll walk past Anthony and um, you know they might stop and have a chat hopefully and so it was his experience but it's, it's just a glimmer of hope isn't it it's, a, it's an opportunity that you know you might just get so you've got to work hard keep your standards um, and you've got to get a little bit of good fortune along the way.
0: You made a great point there about the parents it's fantastic for the parents who've got to put so much commitment in for their boy to go all the way through the ranks and become a professional footballer. They were late call-ups do you know if any of the parents managed to get over there to Cyprus?
1: Um, I'm not sure of did. I've not actually spot. I've actually, saw Alex, D- Denny's dad in the uh, in the car park um, the day after. You know, when he was he was all excited. But um, I'm not sure that if any of them did get over. Uh, what we do know is the commitment and parents make oh, yeah. is is massive, and we you no know, say we don't underestimate that. Uh, it, you know, for anyone who's who's parents at any sort of elite level environment, whatever you do, you know. It's, it's every night, isn't it? You know, every night Dave, it's just a car journey there and back and mm. it, we say so we never underestimate that and you know, it's as much for the parents as, as the boys, you know, how much the pride they will what be.
0: What type of thing can we do to help that process, to, to help the parents, to make the parents feel a little bit special, make them feel involved, make the whole thing as comfortable as like a twelve a year journey potentially can be.
1: I mean I think Tom, particularly, you know, when we start that journey when the, the boys registered under nine, Tom has a massive influence. On uh, on that start, and we, and we try to incorporate and include the parents in, and everything that we do really around mm. them, young boys. As they're getting older, uh, we obviously want the boys to become more independent. So the parents' direct involvement becomes a little bit less. Yeah, yeah and that can be frustrating initially for parents because, yeah. you know, they they want to know everything really what's going on, and it's our job to make sure we keep them informed and that we're accessible to them, uh, and and we you know we help where we can in terms of. You know, if it's transport issues or you know along the way but uh but yeah it's 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 important we keep the parents involved
0: They're an essential part of the whole process tom aren't they absolutely they, w- they
2: wouldn't be here as without them would they mm. um so as sean said from the from the very early stages we, we want to uh, ensure that they know exactly their role uh, in, in the boys and their development so not only coming bringing them and taking them all anything they can be doing just to reassure them the same messages for us but making them feel involved as we go along because it's a massive commitment. Um, and it's only right that we, we involve them as much as we can uh, and keep them up to date to, to our expectations as, as well as theirs. The parents are very supportive of the
0: programme um, generally all pulling the same direction which is really helpful for them. The, the parents. parents have got to be supportive of the child as well, the boy as well. Do you get parents knocking on the door saying, hang on, why isn't my boy playing? Or why isn't my boy playing on the right? Or things like um, that. Yeah,
1: we do. Yeah. But, um, it's like part of the job, Sean, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd say we try to be inclusive and we try to make sure that we manage them times because we, we try to make sure that the parents are well aware of everything that we're doing yeah. along the way. Uh, so you don't want them surprises. Um, so wherever we can you know, mitigate them, we do. Yeah. So but that's Spice beer, You know, There's a game on Sunday and we're thinking maybe doing something particularly different. So we talk a lot, you know, so the same thing I sometimes don't realise. We talk about the boys all the time yeah. and the plans for the boys all the time and we were thinking maybe on a Thursday we were going to do something on a Sunday. I think maybe historically you might have just gone and done that and then often you're picking up a bit of a, a mess afterwards where maybe parents are a bit upset, well, why have you done that with my lads and maybe don't see the picture. Right. So it's important now what we, what we try and do is we, if we plan on doing something different to what we maybe would normally do around the boy, then we try to include the parents in that and we'll speak to them way before the game and say look, we're, you know, we're going to do this with, your, with nice. your boy on Sunday for these reasons. And so you are almost trying to cut that off before yeah. it happens, yeah, yeah. you know. And I think we're getting we're getting quite good at that. Hopefully, there'll still always be times where, yeah, something that you know you've missed something, or or you haven't quite explained it well enough, and, and parents might come on the bounce, let's say. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're few and far between, though.
0: Phase lead for the nine-year-olds to the twelve-year-olds. What, what what's a phase lead? does that role encompass, Tom?
1: Uh, my role does is I, I'll report
2: directly into Sean. Um, I'll work with the coaches of the under 9s, 10s, 11s, and 12s, make sure that they've got the support uh, in their session planning of the boys. Uh, I'll also work with the players in their age groups and make sure that we're giving consistent messages uh, to, to each of those groups, which is in line with obviously our club philosophy, Sean's uh, messages for the week. Uh, and I say I'll be reporting to Sean to, to let him know how how we're getting on how the coaches are doing how the players are doing and how we how we can get better
0: we've spoke about the players we've spoke about the parents but what about the coaches what what's the what's the development opportunities like for the coaches are we big into education the coaches coaching the coaches if you like
2: we are yeah i mean if you look at our club does, you'll know that we we have a lot of ex players who've come through our system back at the club uh, the pathway for the for the coaches of of whatever they want to do whether they want to wake up the age groups and, and wake up to under 18 or 23 the pathway is there for them, uh, providing that they're obviously doing all the formal qualifications, doing Mm. the work with Shorten, who's our head of coaching, uh, or whether they choose not to work up the ages and they want to go into a different type of role, the the pathway is definitely there for the coaches. It's obviously something that we're massive on to the players in terms of providing the pathway but obviously it's the same for the coaches as well.
0: Somebody else who came through the ranks of the club without quite making it to the first team was Keith Southern and he's on board now as well, Sean?
1: Yeah, Keith's come in so um, He's working with uh, with at The moment, the under 18s again, another ex player here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean Keith's a typical type of person that we want here. You know, yeah. uh, he's he's come through the ranks here as a player. He has a good career in the leagues. Uh, he's played in the Premier League, and you know we know his character. You know, and we always feel as if it's important. It's the right people first, mm-hmm. and then the coaching. You know, if you like second, and you know, you mentioned multi developments. <coughs> what we do is we we take a massive amount of pride and. Uh, we put amounts and amounts of resource into developing the coaches, whether that's formal courses or informal courses. And, uh, you know, sort of nothing's ever turned down, if you like, yeah. that we, in terms of trying to develop our coaches. So it's important we get the right people, uh, and Keith fits that criteria. And then Keith's on his journey now as a, as a coach. You know, he's relatively new into it. But, uh, but we feel like, you know, he's got the right credentials to go
0: a long way. As of you, Tom, because you can put the story across that. If it doesn't work out for you at Everton Football Club, if you don't get a professional contract and play for the first team, you can still have, if you want it enough, a career in professional football, which is what you did.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I go back. Everyone's dream is to make the first team debut at Everton, um, but the stats tell us that's very difficult. Um, and I think you know a lot of young players, um, if they're not going to achieve that dream, then playing in the football leagues are a massive achievement. Uh, and obviously, you love football. He wants to keep it in the game, whether you're playing or obviously whether you're coaching as well. So, there's definitely different, different routes along different journeys.
0: How have your teams done this season so far?
2: Really well. Uh, we're really pleased. We've got some really good players. Uh, We've got some good, good little uh, players. We, we had a great weekend last weekend against Man United, um, where all our groups were really competitive, uh, played really well, and,
0: and obviously in a good place with, with the groups. The 18s are doing well in the league, Sean. The FA Youth Cup was a bit of a disappointing result, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. I mean, everyone was on a real high out on the Thursday. Yeah. And, uh, and to be fair, you know, we had off six lads there travelling with the, with the first team and uh, getting back off the, the playing at two o'clock and then having to go and play. And uh, obviously, Fraser, we probably missed yeah. uh, in a game like that. So, yeah, it was it was
0: disappointing. But um, That's when but, the message about it being all about development well, comes in,
1: doesn't it? I mean, we wouldn't take away the fact that we want to do well in the youth cup, and we probably have, we've not had a good run for a few years now. Mm. Uh, but I think when you look back at some of our youth cup games over the years, we've probably not been able to put anywhere near like a team or prepare because lads have been around the first team or mm. around the twenty threes, and ultimately that's the job. It's it's getting them pushed on, yeah. uh, and that you know while it's disappointing to, to lose in the youth cup, the big picture is it's all about how the players progress, and that's our that's our job really, you know. Been many a team over the years. We've won youth cups, and then no one goes on to play. um well, mm. you know, we wouldn't be in the jobs very long if that's what we were doing. Yeah. So it's important that it's them individuals who who progress. You know.
0: So for a an academy mid-season review, when you take everything into account, it's very much so far so good, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, but obviously there's a lighter the amount of young players who've had an opportunity. You know, um, obviously the most recent one probably John Joe getting in and mm. staying in and doing so well. Um, You know, Benny Billingby has had a a little run as well and done done really well. Tom's been around there. You know, people forget, obviously, Ross has has missed uh, a large part of the season, but, you know, Ross being available, you know, we would have had almost half a team um, potentially playing in around of Mm. 30, maybe, which is fantastic. And then, of course, Wayne. Well, I was just going to say, Wayne Wayne being back uh, and doing so well. So, yeah, you know, it's it's good times for us in the academy. We feel like, you know, we've got some really good players coming through, um, like everything, you know. Until they actually get that opportunity, and we don't know how they're going to take it, you know. And uh, but we do feel that like there's players there, and you know, in uh, over the next two or three years, we feel like we've got, you know, orders that will make that step up.
0: It has been a terrific season so far. It's a terrific subject to discuss at the Everton Academy, and that's just about it for this week's official podcast. My thanks to Sean London and to Tom Keeney and Darren Griffiths. Thank you for listening.